guys, it's Janice. If you love this podcast and you've gotten great value and maybe a bit of entertainment out of past episodes, please consider a donation in support of both my podcast fees and my coffee habit. There's no obligation. Just click the link below and thanks so much for your support. Now on to today's episode. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, hey, and welcome to this episode of Connections, Coffee, and Confidence with me, Janice. I'm a strategic communications consultant, and this podcast is where I talk about strategic communications, messaging, and content creation. So whether you create content for your business or as your business, I know you'll hear something that'll contribute to your success. So I recently downloaded a new time tracking system. Now, this isn't going to become an ad. This system, well, frankly, it was a massive pain in the butt to set up because it's just not how my brain operates, but it's useful because it's creating data for me to analyze how I use my time on the billable versus free work, which is completely misnamed because that's work on my own business. Like, anyway. Plus, my client work is changing to include more ongoing project work, and that requires more proper time accounting. Okay, great, Jan. But where does the communications come in, I hear you ask? Well, tracking time got me to thinking about how efficiency is so key in creating profit, irrespective of your profit model. Have you ever thought about how your communication impacts your business's bottom line? Not just from an incoming, making the sales aspect, but in terms of cost to produce or consume. Well, you're in for a treat because that's what today's episode is about. Efficiency and the cost of communications. Let's start out by thinking about all the ways that we can communicate with people about our business. Because that sounds like fun, right? We have written forms such as emails, web copy, ad copy, sales pages, proposals, pitches, or features, or articles that we write to highlight our expertise. We have verbal or audio and visual. So that's like me right here on this podcast. This is my way of demonstrating my expertise and who I am building a reputation. So if you're interested in working with me, you get a feel for who I am before ever needing to engage me. People also do this through YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, and other social media, or even the old fashioned phone calls. And yeah, this is a fairly top level outline. But there's no need to get granular because really these are most of our communications efforts. 
We might not do all of them, but we'll do a number of them. But to be more rounded in our view of business communications, not only are we writing, speaking, and well, performing, we're also reading, listening, and watching. We're consuming communications from others. We read sales pages and websites and social media pieces before we commit to buying or even working with someone. We speak to people, we get recommendations, we watch YouTube tutorials before trying something out. And all of this, it takes time. Have you ever set a timer or even tried to accurately estimate how much time you spend creating or consuming business communications? I'd tell you my stats, but they're pretty skewed since my entire business is based on communications. Instead, I found a study, which is a few years old, it's from 2016, but it had some interesting numbers. Way back then, we spent 9.3 hours per week reading email and 6.4 hours a week writing email. That's almost 16 hours a week six years ago. Imagine how much more time is spent now. According to the same survey, we spent 16.2 hours reading materials from others, including reports, proposals, briefings, websites, and 14 hours writing these materials. That's just over 30 hours a week. So between emails and other written communications, reading and writing, that's 46 hours. That's a lot. The survey respondents were business owners, business writers, managers, analysts, and other professionals. And even as a smaller group of those respondents, my feeling is that we small business owners probably spend pretty much the same amount of time doing these things. Maybe not every week, but many weeks, especially if you're a service provider and you're not in a workshop or in a studio creating. But hey, for argument's sake, what if we have the bad number and said you devoted 23 hours a week to business communications, both consuming and creating? Now, I really think that's a conservative estimate if you're creating content for your business, but we'll just say 23 hours, okay? Now, multiply that by your hourly rate and breathe. I can tell you that according to this survey, in the US, the figure adds up to about $400 billion every year if people were to be compensated solely for time spent consuming or creating communications content. Once again, a reminder that this was before the content wheel of torture was a thing. So when we put numbers around the resources we're committing to our communications, how much do you think is spent appropriately in your business and how much is a bit of a waste? And I say waste because maybe that time could have been better used in a more direct money-making initiative. Maybe you spent more time being frustrated writing your sales copy or creating other content than you did actually creating things and moving on. What I'm getting at here is how efficient do you think your communications and your processes around communicating are? Hmm. Fortunately, I have some tips to improve your communications efficiency. Starting with something every journalist, every trained writer learns, 
and that is to appreciate your audience's time, to value it more than you do your own. So what, what does that mean exactly? Well, cut the fluff. Know who they are and respect them. Speak to them in words that they understand. Unless you're talking to other massage therapists or chiropractors or physiotherapists, like don't spend a lot of time talking about your focus on the skeletal muscles. Instead, talk about how your massage focuses on relieving the ache someone's shoulders develop after carrying children and groceries and laundry every day. I understand carrying things and sore shoulders. I don't understand skeletal muscles. Plain language might not feel sexy, but being heard and understood by your clients is super sexy, especially when they come to you and they pay. Also, cut to the chase. Get to the point. This is another way of cutting the fluff. Don't bury what you need someone to know in 50 other words. Don't make the point of your email at the very bottom. Put it in the email title. Write a polite hello and just cut to the chase. Spit it out. Don't make your audience dig for your point. Don't make them work for it because they won't. You can really only do these two things if you edit your work. So step back and take a look at what you've created, be it written or spoken or whatever. Check each sentence, each phrase. Does it contribute something meaningful and important? Does it need to be there? Are there any industry favorites or jargon in there? Or what Stephen King would call darlings? He famously said to kill your darlings. And what he means is that every writer has a phrase or a writing habit that they love. And they love it so much that they pepper their work with it. And it makes them feel good to see this word or phrase or structure so often. But in reality, it clutters up the work and it buries the important information. You need to kill your darlings, but you won't see them unless you step back to edit. And if you don't have the time or the eye to edit your work, hire someone or work out a swap where you read someone else's stuff and they do yours. Fresh eyes are a wonderful thing. Speaking of structures, use them. I took a speech writing class many, many moons ago, and I ended up as a speech writer for a while. I loved it. Maybe because as in all communications, there's a structure to follow, and that helps not only create the speech, but to keep it effective. So whatever media you're using, be it an email, a LinkedIn post, a web page, a script, use an appropriate structure. There are conventions. And yes, sometimes you can build a reputation and a brand around breaking conventions, but you have to know them before you can do that without making a tool out of yourself. Don't write your sales page like a LinkedIn ad unless you have a significant amount of skill. Use conventional structures. They keep your audience onside. No matter where or how you're communicating, short sentences are usually better than long ones. And I cannot tell you how hypocritical I feel saying that. I'm not a short sentence type of person. They end up hurting me. I write a short, snappy sentence, and sure, I feel proud of it, and I bask in the power of a complete thought displayed so confidently and boldly. But then the moment passes, and the glory fades, 
And I start to think that that short, powerful, beautiful sentence, well, it looks lonely. Like some clauses and some extra adverbs or adjectives would totally help it. In reality, I know that crowding that thing of beauty ruins its power. But it's a siren's call I struggle to resist. Anyway, short sentences. If you can do them, do them and leave them alone. Also under the structure category is the language structure. How you learn to write in school isn't critical to how you write in all of your business communications, but proper grammar, it doesn't hurt. I started off writing my podcast scripts a bit more formally, but that was out of discomfort. I mean, I sit in a room and I talk to myself, knowing that people I've never met are going to listen to me. <laughs> At least I hope they do. And this is a weird situation to get used to. Now I'm a bit more right how I speak, but I do try and make the subject and the verb match. I just want to add that not all of us had the privilege of a university education. I know this. We didn't all have great teachers and we don't have time to watch YouTube videos to learn commonly accepted grammar. And you know what? Sometimes our audience doesn't require the Queen's English. It would, in fact, rather we spoke like regular people. And this is where knowing your audience and your own voice come into play. Myself, I check Grammar Girl, I use the dictionary and the thesaurus. Because no matter your audience, clarity matters. And for the majority of my audience, common grammatical basics create clarity. Remember when I mentioned the time spent consuming and creating communications? Maybe you remember better how the cost of that time took your breath away. Well, shouldn't surprise you to learn that humans have found a way to deal with this time suck because in 2021, Statista, or maybe it's Statista, I don't know. Anyway, they recorded that the average person only spends 10 seconds reading a brand email. So this furthers the argument for tightening your writing. 10 seconds. This also supports the idea of knowing your messaging because all the tips in the world on tightening your writing or writing more efficiently will be useless. You'll edit nothing out. You'll end up adding things in. You will hear that siren's call to pretty up your work all to hide the fact that you don't know what you're saying. One thing that was said in my very first speech writing class was this, tell them what you're gonna say, say it, then tell them what you said. And you've probably heard that before. If you've listened to me speak about writing and messaging in other episodes, uh, then you've heard me say it too. You need that clarity, both in structure, but also in content before you ever think about trying to communicate to someone else. Otherwise, you'll end up wasting your audience's time and your own. When we look at messaging from an efficiency standpoint, it just makes sense. When you know what you need to say, it's easier to say it. You don't need to dance around it. You just put it on a silver platter and serve it up. When it's easier to say, you can say it more quickly and confidently. To continue the metaphor, you don't need to pile the platter with garnishes and whatnot. Have you ever seen Gordon Ramsay blow the chopped parsley off a dish in one of his Kitchen Nightmares shows? It's because the garnish 
is unnecessary when you're confident in the product. When you know what you want to say and you can say it more easily, more quickly and confidently, well, you know what? It's going to be easier and easier to repeat. And repetition is the key to creating a trusting relationship with your audience. You wouldn't bother with the whatever's on the silver platter if you heard different things about it. If you heard it's a hot dish and a cold one, that it's vegan with beef, that it's a soup and a salad all in one bowl. It doesn't make sense. And although you might take a peek at it out of curiosity, that'll be as far as you go. Same thing happens when your potential customers and clients hear different things about your business. They might look at your website just to see what in the world is going on, but they aren't hanging around to dig too deeply and learn. When you know your messaging, you can repeat it and rely on it in every situation. All roads will lead from your messaging and to your goals because your messaging supports your business goals. You'll be able to say what you need to say whenever you need to say it because you know what to say. Clarity and consistency create trust. They help build a reliability around you and your brand. Your potential clients will then depend on you and they'll feel good telling others to depend on you because your use of messaging will tell them that it's okay. I'll just take this moment to mention that I do have a messaging workbook designed to help you figure out your messaging based on your businesses and goals, plus some ideas of where and how to use your new messaging. It's only 13 pages long, but if you shuddered when you thought about the financial equivalency of the time that you're taking to create and execute your communications, well, this workbook is the most cost-effective way to start streamlining your output. You'll find it at JaniceFogarty.com, and I'll link to that in the show notes. When you have that messaging in place, you're not only supporting your business by using your communications to achieve your goals, you're using your communications to improve your efficiency. That study named the top three problems that made the materials less effective to the reader. And the problems were that the materials were too long, poorly organized, and unclear. By knowing your messaging and being able to communicate more clearly, less faff and fluff, you'll spend less time pussyfooting around what you want to say, less time hiding the fact that you have no idea what you're saying, and experience less frustration with the entire process. That'll save you money and help you create content that more strongly impacts your audience. And that's called a win-win, my friend. I know, that still leaves the average business person with 25 and a half hours a week spent reading other people's stuff. But if we all make this effort to become more focused, the impacts will be felt by all. I know, you never thought this episode would include a save the world message, but here we are. And if you know someone who would appreciate knowing how to become a more efficient communicator, please share this episode with them. I really appreciate those of you who are sharing my content. It makes the world of difference to an independent podcaster like myself. If you want to learn a bit more about how the episode comes about, how to use the information in your business, then please hop on my weekly email list. 
You can do that by going to janicefogarty.com forward slash email list, all one word. And you know, I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I will be back next Monday with a new episode. And until then, I hope you have a fan fantastic rest of your day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.